Hi everyone welcome to another episode of my podcast we have very special guest today we got cat chowa of flurry rush hi cat hi channel how are you i'm good how about you oh <laughs> uh, i'm good i'm really happy to be here it's actually my first podcast guesting <laughs> okay. yeah violet aurora has been on toast or roast but like we were not really on the show they just listened to our song and Yeah, it's great because I haven't seen you for such a long time, and now we get yeah. to catch up via yeah, podcast. It's, it's, I think it's more than two years, probably, right? Yeah, I think the last time we saw each other was during Andy Brown, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that is twenty nineteen, right? Somewhere in twenty nineteen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think I went to one of those other events after that KBM event twice. Mm-hmm. I think that was the last one. I think. Yeah. Right? <laughs> It's been a while, and yeah, have you been cycling still? Actually, what happened is when I started, when the pandemic started, I was I was not really comfortable cycling, you know, and mm-hmm. so I stopped actually cycling. I just started walking instead. Uh, been doing a lot of walking, um, but I want to really get back. I miss I miss actually cycling. How about you? <laughs> I, I haven't gone cycling either, because you know. At the start of the pandemic, with the lockdown and everything, it wasn't really, you know, the best thing to do. So right. I just spent most of my time really in my room with making music. So that's why you have like so much new stuff for Violet Aurora and Flurry Rush. Right. So how was how did the pandemic affected you personally? I mean, was it overall positive, overall negative? How was? Well. Before the pandemic, I went out a lot, like almost every day. I'm outside of the house, like right. you know, after work, you either go to the gym or you meet with friends or you go cycling. And then I only spent maybe like two days the entire week, like at home, or maybe like once a week at home. So it was a big change, but then. I got to spend more time like making music, you know, just relaxing, playing video games. So it's hard to say. Yeah. I was at least like productivity-wise, I was able to do something still, despite being stuck at home. Yeah, I, yeah. Personally, for me, because it it's before the pandemic, I was like doing cycling. I would go into concerts, so yeah. it was more of a distraction i think we were doing so many things we were not really mm-hmm. looking within us like you know so the pandemic really gave me some time to think about myself you know ponder yeah. so i think it was overall for me i felt it was it was a positive thing it was like a soul searching right <laughs> <laughs> like very introspective and it's cool cuz now you have your podcast yeah yeah actually this this yeah. started from the podcast and And then today we just went for a picnic in the park, like after like so many years. That's the first time we <laughs> went out as a family. And mm. now I I I I seem to appreciate these simple pleasures of life, like just having a cup of coffee outside or doing a picnic, which mm. was which was a nothing for me before the pandemic. We didn't really care about, maybe we didn't even think about it. But now it seems like a, such a important thing, right? 
Yeah, I'm the same. It's like every time you go out, you notice a lot more than you used to. Yeah, and then I think we are trying to be, now I'm trying to enjoy that moment and be mindful more, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away from my phone and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Which is tough. Yeah. You know, Kat, you know the first time I, I remember seeing you, was mm. I think it was a concert in BGC. I think it was the Mute Math concert. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So I remember I seeing you there. And then I, I think after after that there was another show that I saw you and then I I I found out your your cousin of Karen, right? Like you mm-hmm. you're related to Karen. So that's so I, I distinctly remember you on that show, the Mute Math show. <laughs> yeah, because I was in front. And it's right. actually very funny because like when I went there, like I had to try to get people to come with me because I didn't really know like many Mute Math fans. And right. my friend who went to the show with me was late to the show. So like I started, I was alone when I went to the show. Like I had to wait for my friend. Yeah. Right. So Kat, tell me a little bit about, you know, your early childhood and what's your first uh, sort of memory on music? Well, my family was is actually like traditional Filipino Chinese. So, you know, they were business owners and everything, but they were music lovers. Um, I grew up in the same household with my grandparents and my parents. And my grandparents listened to music a lot. So they would listen to Chinese songs and they would sing along to the songs. They had like the old karaoke player where they would like record themselves singing over like cassette tapes. And... My dad collected vinyl records. So until now, he has a huge collection. He plays the guitar. My mom plays the keyboard. So it was like a very musical environment, even if they weren't at all full-time musicians. And so growing up, I just listened to a lot of types of music. I I think that really helped shape me like as a musician. Right. So what what were the artists and the bands that you you started listening and, you know, what were the earlier? When I was younger, like maybe like five, six years old, basically I would listen to whatever my parents would listen to. And at that time, like that was the early 90s, my dad would listen to a lot of new wave. So I grew up like listening to a lot of new wave. And then when I got a bit older, maybe like around 10, 11, like I would listen to a lot of pop music. Like that was the time when boy bands were, <laughs> were right. really popular, like Backstreet Boys, you know. So I was Britney Spears. So I was exposed to like a lot of that like pop movement. And um, in my early teens, like more female fronted like musicians who were younger would come out like M2M, Michelle Branch. And I mm-hmm. think like those artists were the ones that really pushed me to you know think that hey maybe I can do this too maybe like I can compose my own songs so at 12 I started taking guitar lessons so before the guitar lessons actually when I was younger I had like on and off piano lessons but nothing too serious but like at 12 I started like trying to take up music more seriously I would write songs and then I formed a band, like a duo, essentially, with my childhood best friend. And then after that, it was just really a lot of music, like a lot of different bands for me. 
Right. <clears throat> you know, coming from a Chinese family, was was the your parents were like supporting you on the music side or how was it like because was yeah. the studies so important or music how was it? Well, it never really got in the way of my studies. So I was like a good Asian child <laughs> who would still <laughs> like, you know, prioritize going to school and everything. But like during the summers, I would um, go to lessons like a few times a week. And they actually funded, you know, my lessons. They paid for it. So I would think that they they actually supported me. Mm, my first like singing lessons were when I was like, maybe five or six years old and I don't really remember asking for it like I don't know how it happened or whose idea it was but so it started it started there and they were yeah they were pretty supportive with the lessons and everything right it's just, I, mean... I, I guess in college I had yeah because in college I started getting gigs with my college band and It was a bit harder then because I was 17. So I wasn't really like legal to play, you know, to like drink or whatever. But I had to like talk them into it. I had to explain like, you know, I really love doing this. You know, it won't get in the way of school. I, th- I think that was like the more difficult part of it. But eventually it was fine. Right. I didn't think about it. What's exactly the legal age in the Philippines for drinking? 18. 18? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like in the US, it's 21, right? You, yeah. you consider an adult in 18, but you, you have to wait like three years to drink. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dif- yeah, it's different. I think, yeah, the US is the latest, like the, old, the oldest age you have to be. Right, right. So, uh, I mean, how did, how did that idea came in that you really wanted to like pursue start writing your songs and recording and when how did that happen I don't know I just really liked music ever since I was young like I would sing all the time I think to the point of annoying some family members because like I would sing like the wrong lyrics when I was younger like I just love to sing and then eventually um I started listening to music thinking that I want to do this Like you start listening to artists that really help you, you know, go through stuff. You know, have you ever listened to something and it's like, oh, this is so good. I can relate to this. And, you know, I kind of wanted to do that. And I wanted to have an outlet for my creativity. So it kind of just happened naturally. It, I felt like it wasn't something that I forced. It just kind of led me there. Right. I mean, I, I, when I'm listening to your songs, I mean, I bought your solo stuff and, and your, your Violet Aurora, right? So mm-hmm. you kind of got into that sort of the acoustic indie pop, indie rock thing that's, that's very big in the Philippines, right? Like if, yeah. if, if, you, if you think, I think, I think Ben and Ben, Ben and Ben is probably the biggest band in the Philippines right now, right? I, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> They're really popular. And I actually... Um, listen to them talk because I joined Philpop. It's mm. like a d- digital camp. So it's one of those things that I did during the pandemic. So it's basically a songwriting camp that lasted for four months. And Ben and Ben was one of the guest guest artists. <laughs> right. So, so t- t- tell me about uh, Violet Aurora. 
what's the band about and you said it he's your part of the duo and the other mm-hmm. part is actually your best friend right um oh that was a different duo that was like when i was a teenager All right, and, then, okay. and then i had like another band in college and then now violet aurora you know i think as you grow older especially if you don't do music as a living like if you do it as a hobby you eventually like meet other people and then it kind of leads you to different places because you know life happens like for my college band um one of the members moved to singapore mm. and then one of the members is now not in manila also is living in one of the provinces so it kind of leads you like elsewhere so um luckily a few years ago i got in touch with moss the other member of violet aurora we were, we met in college and we were both part of ateneo musicians pool but we were never in the same band together we just kind of knew each other and then we kept in touch over twitter over social media because we had similar music tastes we both love like churches paramore and One time I was just I don't know I was bored and I haven't really written my own songs or like done music in a long time because for years like I I was cycling like <laughs> that was what I was doing I was cycling for years I would go to concerts but like I spent most of my spare time you know at the gym like mm. working and then it was just like a time where I missed doing music so I So I um, reached out to Moss. I was like, hey, do you want to, you know, do like a project together? And I didn't expect it to work that well because we've never done music together. And then everything just sort of clicked between us. Like we worked, um, actually our first release was a cover of Turn It Off by Paramore. And then I was just actually amazed by like how much she could do because For the past few years before Violet Aurora, I wasn't doing music anymore. So like the the new technology of it, you know, having a home studio, being able to do so much stuff at home, I wasn't very like up to date with that. Because mm. before that, like during for my college band, we would do everything in the studio, like in the recording studio. And then I was so surprised that my bandmates was like just knew how to do everything at home. So it made it a lot easier for us as well right. so basically from there we just kept going so we released an ep and then right now we're working on an album right and one of the one of your songs that i think it's the most streamed song from you guys called rain rains pouring down right rains pouring down yeah We yeah, released which, that which is a which is a good song for Manila, right? Because it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> it's always raining. Actually, just before we started recording this, it was raining hard, and I was worried because I was like, "It's gonna, you're gonna hear it on my mic, just like white noise." <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, I before I was I was recording another podcast before before talking to you, and then just about when I was setting up. Somebody started a karaoke nearby, and I could hear the song. So, <laughs> you know, in Manila Sundays, yeah, like, there should there should there will be karaoke, right? Yeah, yeah. and like <clears throat> dogs barking in the street. It's like all the. 
As Violet Aurora, have you guys performed live? No, actually we haven't because we hmm. formed the band um, in 2019 and then we spent 2019 like writing music and we released our EP in December, like right before, the, a few months before the pandemic. So we never really got to perform, unfortunately. <laughs> right. I think one one challenge I, I I sort of found out from a lot of artists who are doing a lot of home studio stuff is they do a lot of stuff because it's easy to do like when you're doing that in that mm-hmm. setup but then they have to go they have the challenge of going and doing it live which 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 is yeah. another because you have yeah. to actually use instruments to do that right so mm-hmm. and so, especially for us because we're just a duo it's just a right. duo so like if we have to do it live, we need to get friends or like we need to hire musicians to perform with us unless we do everything like just the two of us. Yeah. Right, right. So Kat, I know that you you cycle a lot and you basically your whole family cycles as well together, right? So you, yeah. you, you guys cycle together and you know you're a lot you're a lot into the fitness and stuff. So how did you manage like you know this pandemic situation and you know it's like all this isolation and sort of you know a lot of mental because you have to deal with that stuck so how did you like kept kept the momentum like on towards like fitness and healthy life style well i try to eat healthier because i don't get to work out as much as before mm. so i think and like mental health wise i would meditate you know, I, I try to keep myself in check. I journal. So mm-hmm. just those little things because I'm not used to working out at home. So like right. I don't have that discipline. Like when I'm at home, I don't think of working out because I'm so used to going out and like working out at the gym and also like cycling, you know, with with groups such as like Brompton Club and Folding Bike Filipinas. So I'm not used to like doing things on my own. So I think maybe that's why I have all this like excess energy <laughs> that I just poured right. into music or like, yeah. Right. So, <clears throat> so you now have a solo project as well called Flurry mm-hmm. Rush. So how, how did this started? Uh, I mean, was it because you had songs that you think will not fit the Violet Aurora or it's, what's the idea behind this solo project? I think the number one thing is like a lot of time in my hands because like sometimes I would think like if the pandemic never happened would Flurry Rush exist you know it's like one of those questions that's difficult to answer but it's just that um, my bandmate has a lot of stuff going on also outside of music so we're not able to move at a pace as fast and I had like a lot of ideas and I wanted to try a lot of things. And then, so I just ha- had it like a side project to do that. And then I also joined Phil Pop, right? And we had to submit songs, you know, and I wanted to challenge myself and be able to produce things also on my own. And I think for people who have been like musicians for a long time, I think it's a good challenge to have you know, to start, like, your own project. the mm. It's very different in terms of, like, the challenge of it. I think it's very, like, a lot of it mentally. It's, 
it's like when you're stuck for example you're working on a song and then you're stuck in something you don't have someone to you know carry you over you don't have a bandmate <laughs> right. you don't have someone like hey moss like how how do you deal, deal with this like i can't think of a riff for example but no it's like you're in your own mental space and you know those things help you grow i think as a musician so it's just something that i embrace at the moment right so you you have a you have a single called berlina right that's mm-hmm. under flurry right and then I, i i saw from your from the material you sent me that you're actually planning to release few more songs under that project yeah um i'm actually done with the ep already so i worked on it simultaneously with the phil pop workshop so like during the workshop i would listen to the talks and then i try to pick up like bits and pieces from it and i was working on the project and i think there was just momentum like at that moment you know every day after work when i'm in my room like i would work on music and that was my life for like three three months around three months that was what i was doing basically right <clears throat> so cat what's your message to the pe- viewers of this video and uh, pe- people who's going to listen to this podcast Well, thank you for listening to this podcast. And I guess if you're a musician, I just want to say keep going. I know that it's not like the easiest thing to do in the world. It's really like a passion project for most of us because like how many percent of musicians really make a living out of it. So it's really a passion project, but keep going because, you know, if you have something to say, your music's meant to be heard. Right. Anybody you want to shout out to? Well, thank you for everyone who supported me along the way. Um especially to well Moss of Violet Aurora. Hello. <laughs> And then um Anko was the one who helped me out for Flurry Rush. So he was the one who mixed and mastered the tracks. And for some of the songs, for most of the songs he played bass for them because that was like the instrument that i couldn't play i actually right. bought a bass recently so for one of the songs i played bass on it so yeah right so cat uh, nice to catch up with you and uh, super excited that you you know you're putting out new music and uh, all the best with that and hopefully we'll see fa- each other face to face soon maybe maybe we can start cycling again <laughs> yeah when, when things get better we'll both be so out of shape <laughs> We can cycle for like I don't know 5 kilometers. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's going to be it's a gradual it's going to be gradual. I think there will be yeah. a lot of walk, walking when it's up here. <laughs> <laughs> We can do city city cycling first. <laughs> right, Just right. stay like around Makati. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so get all the best with 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 your project and uh, maybe when you have an album let's talk again. Yeah. You're always welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me over. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, thanks, Kat. Have a, have a great evening. All right. Bye. Bye.